نحمد الله تعالى ونصلي على رسوله الكريم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد My brothers and sisters, let me tell you about this person. He was the father of seven children, three sons and four daughters. His first son died at the age of two years and a few months. Think about this, how much joy a two-year-old kid brings to the family. His second son died in 15 months. The third son died in 17 months. His first daughter got married and left the world at the age of 28. His second daughter got married and left the world at the age of 21. His third daughter got married and she also passed away at the age of 27 years. He saw all his sons and daughters leaving the world before his eyes. At the time of his own death, only one daughter was left in the world. Do you know who this person was? Of course you do. Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. The topic of my khutbah today is why should we study the seerah? The seerah is the biography of Rasulullah sallallahu his life. Why should we study his life? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala declared and said, A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. لقد من الله على المؤمنين إذ بعث فيهم رسولا من أنفسهم يتلو عليهم آياته ويزكيهم ويعلمهم الكتاب والحكمة وإن كانوا من قبل لفي ضلال مبين. In Surah Al-Imran, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala said, Indeed, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has conferred. A great favor on the believers by raising a messenger from among them, reciting to them his revelation, purifying them and teaching them the book, the kitab and wisdom. <coughs> because indeed before that they had been clearly misguided, astray. Think about this ayah. Firstly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls his messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his blessing, the blessing of Allah on the Muslims. He is a blessing in two ways. One, because he is the messenger of Allah and to have the messenger of Allah sent to us is a blessing. And two, because he is from among us, a human being. For the Arabs, for the Quraysh, to whom he was sent, even closer connection. He was their own family, their own tribe. Secondly, let us reflect on why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam his blessing. I don't speak on behalf of Allah and he knows the real answer to the question. But to me, the answer is in the rest of the ayah where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said four things. Recite what was revealed to you, purify the people, teach them the book and teach them the wisdom of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed. In other words, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the root the door, the means 
for us to access, to understand, to practice and enjoy the blessings of the Kalam of Allah, the Kitab of Allah, Al-Quran Al-Majid. Without Rasulullah Sallallahu guidance, we may read the Quran, but we will never understand it. We will never be able to practice what Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala ordered and so will not benefit from what Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala gave us. To illustrate with only one simple example, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala ordered us to establish Salah. We read, we read the ayah and we say, I am ready to pray. So what should I do? The Quran is silent about this. There is no explanation of Salah in the Quran. The same is true for Zakat, for Saum, for fasting, for Hajj, for all the ibadat. The method, the detailed method is not mentioned. Clearly this is deliberate because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could have mentioned the method in detail if he had wanted to. But he didn't. Instead, he revealed the details of the method to Rasulullah in a form again of revelation of Wahi, which we know as Wahi Ghair Maflu, the Wahi which is not recited in Salah. Those are the teachings, the ahadith of Rasulullah which guide us to what the Quran al Karim commands. The Sunnah is the field book of the Quran. We simply cannot practice our deen without the help and authority of the Sunnah. All this emphasizes the position and importance of Rasulullah in our lives for us to practice Islam. The four things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned are really four steps to reach the Quran and to benefit from it. I call these steps inform, prepare, teach, demonstrate. From the perspective of the student, which means us, these steps must be matched by our response, which must be listen, get ready to receive, learn and practice. Think of this like a farmer who has the best seed. He wants to have a great harvest which the seed can produce. What must he do first? Not just plant the seed, right? First, he must prepare the soil. Without preparing the soil, he will never get the harvest that he wants. He must plow and winnow and test for toxins and pathogens and pH value and organic matter content and so on and take steps to correct all the deficiencies that he might find. Then he must take measures to protect the land where he will plant the seed from heavy winds, from harmful insects, from birds and animals which may destroy the crop. Then he must take measures for water storage and irrigation. Only when all this is done will he plant the seed. After planting, he waters, he deals with pests and disease and so on until he gets the harvest. That is the case of learning Islam. It is not something you can learn from watching YouTube videos sporadically or reading one or two books. The key is to follow the steps that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described and which Rasulullah demonstrated and practiced. Without that, we will never get the harvest of benefits that the Quran came to give us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded, establish salah. Rasulullah taught us how to do that and said, Sallu kamaraitumuni usalli. Pray as you have seen me pray. This is the fundamental principle in everything in Islam. And that is why it is so critical to study, not just read, study the seerah. Pray as Rasulullah prayed. Do business as he did business. Treat your family as he treated his family. 
Govern the state if you are in that position like he governed his state. Deal with conflict as he dealt with conflict. Be a friend as he was a friend to his friends. Deal with joy, with fear, with grief, with loss or gain as he dealt with them. Sira is the answer. If you, if you face bereavement, ask what did Rasulullah do? If you feared evil from those in power and authority, ask what did Rasulullah do? If you have power and authority and want to know how to use it correctly, ask what did Rasulullah do? If you are feeling helpless and depressed and facing despair because nothing seems to be going your way, ask what did Rasulullah do? If you have everything going for you and you are popular and loved by everyone and you are an icon and you want to know how to behave, ask what did Rasulullah do? If you are young and facing the physical, mental and emotional challenges of youth and are looking for direction, ask what did Rasulullah do? If you are old and believe that you are in the last days of your life and want to know what to do, ask what did Rasulullah do? If you are married and want to make your home a garden from the garden of Jannah, ask what did Rasulullah do? If you are married and your home looks like a battleground and you feel like a soldier facing enemy fire and you want to know how to change that situation, ask what did Rasulullah do? And finally, if you are a teacher with students who you feel should have remained in the ilm of Allah and never manifested in flesh, in flesh and blood, but you must deal with them, ask what did Rasulullah do? I can go on and list many more everyday life situations for you, whether you are young or old, man or woman, king or pauper, sick or healthy, strong or weak, educated or not, add to the list, but I won't. If you want answers to your life situations, ask, what did Rasulullah do? Because his seerah has answers to all our questions, to all the challenges and dilemmas and confusion and fears and apprehensions and hopes and aspirations. And that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ لِمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُ اللَّهَ وَالْيَوْمَ الْآخِرَةِ وَذَّكَرَ اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا Indeed, in the Messenger of Allah, you have an excellent example for whoever has hope in Allah and the last day and remembers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a great deal. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us that he sent his Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa so that we could learn from him and that would lead us to a place where we could look forward to his Jalla Jalaluhu mercy on the day when there will be no shade except his shade. For everyone else, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described the day of judgment in frightening terms. But for those who follow the sunnah, he promised us his mercy and said that we could look forward to that day. We will all see it, but only those who love Rasulullah can look forward to it. To meeting Allah and to meeting Rasulullah in person and taking the cup of Al-Kawthar from his blessed hand. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, اللهم أذلني تحت أرشك يوم لا ذل إلا ذلك Oh Allah, grant us the shade of your throne on the day when there will be no shade except your shade. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned two words in connection with Rasulullah sallallahu One is itaat, obedience. And for those who obey Allah and his messenger sallallahu 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promised success. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu ittaqullaha wa kulu qawlan sadida yuslih lakum amalakum wa yakhfir lakum dhunubakum wa man yuti'illaha wa rasulahu faqad faza fawzan azima. Allah said, O believers, have taqwa of Allah and speak the truth. And He, Jalla Dalaluhu, will bless your deeds, will correct them, will beautify them for you and forgive your sins. And whoever obeys Allah and His Messenger has truly achieved great and final success. Please reflect on this ayah. Obedience is dependent on an order or request. If there is no request or order, you cannot obey. If there is an order or request, you may obey or disobey. But if there is no, but if there is no order or request, you cannot do anything. Obedience is a sign of taqwa. Obedience is the boundary condition. It's the boundary condition of entering and remaining in Islam. To be Muslims, to be Muslim means to obey, to submit to the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the way that Rasulullah taught us to submit to them. In that way, not your way. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded us to pray. We pray in the way that Rasulullah prayed. If someone changes that way even a little, his salah becomes invalid. If he insists on that way, which he invented, he exits Islam altogether. Obedience is the door through which we enter Islam. Without obedience, there is no Islam. Obedience is not an option. The position of the Muslim is Samana wa Afana. We hear and we obey. But in the ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned another word. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, قُلْ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهَ فَاتَّبِعُونِ فَاتَّبِعُونِ Not فَأَتِعُونِ فَاتَّبِعُونِ يُحْبِبْكُمُ اللَّهُ وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ وَاللَّهُ غَفُرُ الرَّحِيمُ Allah said, O Muhammad sallallahu O Prophet, if you tell them, say to those who, قُلْ to those who say to them, who claim to love Allah, if you sincerely love Allah, if you really and truly love Allah, then make my ittiba. Then follow me, emulate me. Emulate me, imitate me, do what I do. Allah, what will happen? That Allah will love you and forgive your sins. For Allah is all forgiving, most merciful. Those who claim to love Allah are being clearly told that their claims of loving Allah must be substantiated and proved by emulating Rasulullah who is the beloved of Allah. Please note that as I said earlier, obedience needs a command or request. But emulation needs no command. Emulation is the most reliable sign of love. We emulate those we love. That is how all the so-called influencers work today. People love them and look up to them and so they emulate them. The one they emulate promise them nothing, can do nothing for them. And he or she doesn't even know they exist. But people still emulate them irrespective of all this because love is its own reward. It needs no external rewards. But in the case of those who claim to love Allah, 
He ordered them to prove that by emulating Rasulullah And if they do that, Allah said, I will love you. Allah will love you. I want you, I want us to reflect on this ayah and to ask ourselves and to ask ourselves what is the meaning of Allah will love me? What will change in my life if Allah loves me? The Quran came for us to reflect on it, not just to read it and put it away. Itat, which is obedience, Itat is taqwa. Ittiba, which is emulation. Ittiba is ihsan. Itat will get us Jannah. Ittiba will get us Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. With itaat, Allah will be pleased with us. With ittiba, Allah will love us. The reward of itaat is measurable, even though it is Jannah. It has levels with things in one level that are <coughs> less than those in a higher level. But the reward of ittiba is that Allah himself will love us. The love of Allah is غير محدود. بدون حدود. Boundaryless. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself. Now I'm not saying this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said this. يُحْبِبْكُمْ اللَّهِ فَاتَّبِعُونِ يُحْبِبْكُمْ اللَّهِ Reflect on this and let, it, and let it sink in. Think about this. How will it feel to become the beloved of Allah? Not just someone who Allah approves of or likes, which is good, alhamdulillah, we need this. But someone who Allah loves. There is a world of difference between like and love. Even in our own lives. Allah is above any example. Ta'ala Allah what about being loved by him, Jalla Jalal? What do you think that means? Seriously, ask yourself this question. And say, what in my life am I doing which proves and evidence that I love Allah? And what in my life am I doing which is evidence or which is at least which destroys this claim of mine that I love Allah? Am I following the sunnah of Rasulullah or am I doing something which goes against the sunnah or which destroys the sunnah of Rasulullah And somebody said, we live only once. So let us live that in a way that will make us the beloved of Allah. So that when we meet him, Jalla Jalalhu, that will be the best day of our lives. Wa sallallahu ala nabi al-kareem wa ala alihi wa sallam